The Daily Tap is live for Friday. It is May the 12th. Happy birthday to my wife, Morgan. Uh, we're talking Packers schedule. We're going to golden keg it for the season. We're going to go game by game. We're going to give a keg rating for each game. Uh, we'll kind of talk the process. It should be a little fun. Uh, then we will talk about the Bucks head coaching search, why you have no reason to freak out right now. Even if there are guys you don't like, we'll kind of go through you know, the process here, what's all happening. The Bucks are just doing their due diligence, folks, and we'll, we'll talk about that um, on the second topic. And then the last one, we'll just do a quick golden kegs of the Brewers' bad series against the Dodgers. I know we talked a little bit about it with Mitch yesterday. Uh, but we'll just wrap it up with golden kegs. I want to kind of get back on the track there. Uh, so we'll talk there, and that'll be today's show. Uh, before we get going, uh, just a reminder to follow along on social media. Tap the keg on Twitter, tap the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. We had a good TikTok go up about the schedule, kind of five takeaways. Uh, so if you didn't see that, make sure you're checking that out. Uh, and uh, make sure that you're rating and reviewing. We haven't had a review in a long time. It'd be great to send us off the weekend with a review. Uh, drop this in your group chat. Um, I know everybody's going to be talking about the schedule today. Um, so it, it is going to be a hot topic conversation, even though Matt Scheinman did leak this at like 6.30 in the morning. I was like stunned. I was like, I can't believe the schedule is out. Like, you know, I think Nagler had the uh, meme where it's like, I've been sitting on this story for all like whatever. And he tweet, he just tweeted it out. And that was, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, I was expecting like leaks throughout the day. I was expecting like we would kind of put some puzzle pieces together and then we'd get a reaction at the end of, at, you know, on Thursday night. And there was none of that, which actually looking back, I'm thankful. I was very busy uh thursday thursday evening so it actually worked out from a content perspective and also uh as mentioned it's my wife's birthday today and i'm very thankful that there is no bucks basketball this evening now I, would i like the bucks to continue to be playing absolutely but would it have been hell on earth if the bucks were playing tonight no question about it i would have to act like it doesn't exist um first of all like my wife likes sports she tolerates my sports fandom but you know, she, you know, she comes first. And I feel like you should have that in every relationship. Unless your wife, your husband is a massive sports fan and they share that interest in the same way that you do, um, you know, they come first. So if the Bucks did play tonight, it would hurt that I wouldn't be able to watch. I wouldn't, I would just kind of act like it didn't exist. I'd be like, yeah, it's on. I'll watch it when you go to bed, like, well, you know, we'll, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it in the morning on Saturday. And I think if the Bucks were down 3-2, um, I would be a lot, it would be a lot tougher than if they were down, if they were up 3-2 and trying to close it out. And I would probably have Mitch do a review, honestly. Um, and then I would just go on from, go on from there. And, you know, the Brewers are playing on Apple TV tonight and I don't, give a fuck like i'm not gonna worry about that i'm just gonna let that slide and so i'll figure out the, i won't do a review tonight by the way um so no brewers review if you're looking for that ain't gonna probably happen unless i unless i get a little bit of time or for some reason you know it ends up that we're watching brewers royals but i i highly highly doubt that um, but yeah it's it makes life a lot easier uh when when your teams aren't playing you know in these spots and i would have had activities all weekend you know game the fact there wasn't a game seven on saturday would have saved my ass 
Uh, but I don't have to worry about it. It sucks not to worry about it. But at the same time, there is a small part of you that's like, ah, kind of dodge a bullet here, which is great. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's move off that, uh, speaking of scheduling, and talk about the Green Bay Packers schedule. It's been out for now, what, almost a full 24 hours. Probably when you listen to this, it'll be 24 hours or more. So you've probably already done some analyzing. But I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of the schedule. I want to talk about like, is this a good game to watch? Is this a game you have to be in your seat, ready to go, don't bother me. Maybe you're not seeing it with anybody else. Maybe, I don't know how everybody does it. I'm not a huge watch at the bar guy. I've never really been. Uh, I've done it a few times when I've gone out to support Shaken and stuff like that. But usually I'm at home either by myself, Murph, Mitch, uh, I've watched games with my buddy Eric, um, Pat. I mean, there there's a select few of people I've watched. Uh, some of my Tosa guys too. Like, I mean, it's a select few of people I'm watching Packer games with. It's not like this. I watch it with anybody. Uh, so, I think that that is you know it's important and it needs to factor into these games. You need to know when are games that I need to be planted in my seat. And those are your five keggers. Those are the ones where you're clearing the decks and there's no parties happening. You're watching this by yourself. And four keggers are ones that, well, it, perfect world. You'd like to just be in your routine, but if you're somehow thrown off, you got an event, you you have to watch it with you know people you don't typically watch Packer football with, like it's okay, you're gonna survive. Three kegs, it is, I wouldn't, I would never call Packer game skippable. You only have 17 of them. Um, it's not one of those things where you just can say, all right, yeah, I'm going to miss this game. Like I'm missing Brewers Royals tonight, right? Like I, you can miss a, a one game out of 162. You can't really do that with Packer football. Like that's just not how it works unless you're not a football fan. But I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a football fan. So the three keg is more of that. Like it, if you have to miss it, okay. If you are able to only listen on the radio or you, you are, you know, basically half in, half out. Like you have something going on till 1 p.m. or something like that and you catch the second half. That's kind of your three, That those are your three keggers. We're not going to go any lower than that, but we're going to go five to three and kind of evaluate each game. And we'll, we'll try to keep it quick. We won't try to talk about storylines at this point. We'll at least explain why it's, you know, the keg it is. First game, out the box, Packers, Bears, Jordan Love, Justin Fields. I predicted this. I had it in Lambeau. Uh, it's in Chicago. It's 325. It's on Fox. You'll have Burkhart. You'll have Greg Olson. And I, this is 5K, 100%. First of all, it's the opening game of the season, right? Everybody's going to want to see what this new-look Packer offense looks like. Everybody's going to want to see if Joe Barry's defense can step up. Uh, there's just going to be a lot of eyeballs and a lot of interest in what this Packer team is all about. And the overreactions are going to fucking fly. It will be an all-time Twitter day because everybody's going to be just, Jordan love this, Jordan love that, Christian Watson, you know, it's doing what? And, and like, I think it'll be just crazy to control everybody. And we have, that is a conversation for another podcast when we get closer to season because I think we all need to rein it in. And I, I'm included in that. Like, I think I will go nuts on different things. I also feel like 
at some point you gotta stop taking shots at Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I did today, and I was like, oh, you hate to see Aaron Rodgers have a, a slow start, but I, I do think at some point they're gonna play it out. I don't know when, but they they certainly will. So that's a five care, hundred percent. Even if it wasn't, I think Packers Bears you always you always enjoy. I think. Bears fans have are expecting a pretty big year. They're getting a lot of primetime love. There's a lot of hype around this Chicago Bears team. I think you're going to get a lot of the hot take artists who's going to, are going to say, you know what? You, you guys want to know something crazy? I think the Chicago Bears can make the playoffs. I think I, I think Justin Fields could be MVP. I saw that from Dan Orlovsky over the, the last couple weeks. Listen, Packers are a better team than them. And the fact that they are a plus two, they're two, they're a two point dog right now, is so disrespectful. I, I mean, that is put put the mortgage on the Packers at this point. Now, I will caveat. I said that about the New Orleans Saints Packers game, and if I if I put at that point I was I didn't have mortgage, I had a rent. If I put the rent on that, um, yeah, I, I would have had to figure out other ways. I might have to go to uh, Silk and start stripping. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not good. Uh, so that was a good, that was not a good prediction. But that one, this one, I feel pretty good about. Week number two, you have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're at Atlanta. Uh, this to me is a four keg. I think they're still intrigue, right? You still have a you know the new look Packers. Um, it's a fast track. In Atlanta, that could help a Jordan Love. That could help Christian Watson. That could, you know, make the defense a little bit faster. Desmond Ritter is the assumed quarterback. Uh, that will only really be his second start of the season as well. I think that benefits the Packers. The run game of Atlanta is very scary. Even if Bijan Robinson isn't up to full strength, there is a potential of a Bijan Robinson breakout game and everybody loses their shit online, uh, just given how bad the Packers' run defense is. So this is a good test to see if that run defense is going to step up. I think that will be the big sort of storyline of this game. But yeah, it's a four keg from a watchability standpoint. Uh, you know, it could get wild, but I, I don't think anyone's make carving out time to watch the Falcons this year. I don't I don't think they have a primetime game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, week number three, at home against the New Orleans Saints, this is a five keg. Like, it's the Jordan Love's first game at Lambeau Field. The Packers are 2-0 uh, to start the season. The hype around that will be massive. I think it will be loud in there. I think everybody will get behind him. Uh, you have Derek Carr coming to Lambeau, which has not worked out well for Derek Carr. Saints are a, a weird team. I think you could qualify the Saints as the top contender in the NFC South, uh, but I don't know really how good they are. I don't think Dennis Allen's a good coach. Uh, so it's it's a bizarre team, in my opinion. Uh, I feel like the NFC South is bizarre in general. Uh, but I, So their watchability, if it wasn't that first start in Lambeau, I'd probably knock it to a four keg. But I, I do think there will be something special about that game. I think the fact that it's a noon start adds might add a little juice to things. I, you know, there have been so many fans that have wanted more noon starts for the Green Bay Packers because they just everything's a primetime game. So I, I wonder if that's going to bring the crowd. You're also likely going to have great weather. I mean, it'll be warm there. I mean, new, not like New Orleans humidity or anything like that, but it's going to be warm out there. So. See the Packers can kind of turn around their fortune. They have not really played the Saints very well in the Rodgers era, but obviously this is a new era. Then on Thursday night, they're still at home against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I have this also as a five keg. I, I want to beat the Lions ass. I talked about it on the podcast with Mitch, but I do want to send a message to that Detroit Lions team. I, I think 
that if the Green Bay Packers can establish themselves and win that game and sort of put their stamp on this year, that last year was just a mirage and sort of a blip on the radar. And the come up for the Detroit Lions is not actually going to happen. And the it is not something that is baked in reality. So I do I do love that game from, from that perspective because I truly think it could be a... I don't want to go as far to say watershed because I feel like it's way too early in the season to hit it with that sort of hype on it. But I do think it's going to be a really impactful game for the season. I think it will, you know, kind of show you what direction the team's going in, right? It's four games in, Packers are two and two, the Packers are one and three. There's a difference, or they're three and one. And I, I think they're, there'd be a lot of love for that team heading into the, the fifth game of the year, uh, which is against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's on ESPN, it's a Monday night. Uh, it will be a 80 to 90% Packer crowd. Uh, I think, first of all, it does a lot. Of it. We talked about the Vegas game being this like group chat thing, everybody being like, let's get to Vegas. I mean, that's a great time to go to Vegas, right? You have baseball playoffs just getting underway. You have college football. You obviously have the NFL. Uh, you get an extra day really in Vegas. Um, I think it screws you up a little bit from a, a trip perspective uh, because Murph and I were talking about it on the phone. And what he had said is like, yeah, you just get banged up Saturday. You keep it going on Sat Sunday for the game. You go to the game and then you take the red eye home. Now, I don't I don't know. I'm not a Vegas expert. Vegas does the red eyes on non-weekends. They, they always do the... the you know, 11 p.m. or the 6 a.m. flight, right? Uh, but I don't know if they do it on like random Mondays, right? So, and then also too, like if you get banged up, like that that adds to your trip. I mean, you might as well not take off Friday. You take, you leave, sat, you could still leave Saturday. You could also potentially leave Sunday and do that exact same thing and just get, get on that early flight, get there before the game start, get your bets in, and then you, you know, you, basically watch NFL football from the sports book all day. I, I I gotta be honest. I haven't done that. Okay. So I haven't done it. So I maybe I need to do it. Maybe Pato can hook it up. I've I have not seen the allure of that. I everyone's like, oh it's the greatest thing. You're watching every game, you know, you're betting on stuff. I don't know, man. Like I feel like it's almost like too much. And I don't know if that makes me a pussy. Uh, but yeah, from <laughs> from the actual to get back to our segment, uh I, I <laughs> I'm not going to go and say this is a three keg, but this is a four keg and it's borderline. It's like three and a half. Like I, I definitely think Monday Night Football, first game of primetime, all the Jordan Love stuff that you'll probably hear from Buck and Aikman will get a little nauseating, right? We'll be five weeks into the season, but they're going to act like it's the first game. So that, that factors into it. I also think the Raiders aren't going to be very good. I don't understand why the Raiders have got a bunch of primetime games. Jimmy G has kind of shown himself as being a second-rate quarterback. Uh, they do have a, I guess, a decent, you know, I wouldn't even go as far as say they have a decent defense. They have Max Crosby. They have a good pass rush. But their defense, I think, allowed the most points in the NFL last season. So they don't have a decent defense. They have they have decent players on that defense. But, yeah, I, I just don't see it with the Vegas Raiders. I don't, I don't really get the, the primetime love. I know they're a little bit of a public team. But yeah, I look at that for, for Green Bay and I, I don't necessarily, I see it as a winnable game, first of all. But second of all, I, I don't 
get that gassed up for for the Vegas Raiders. I think this was a Rodgers versus Devontae thing or a Rodgers. But, like, even that, like, that's not that's not that exciting to me. I know Schneidman pointed out, you know, Jair versus Devontae, you know, they went went at it in practice, everything. Like, there will be so much shit talking on the football field uh, between those two guys. But, yeah, I have it as, like, a three and a half. I, I'm not that fired up for uh, Packers Raiders. They have a bye. Uh, the bye, I would give a one keg to. It's early again. Uh, I do, I saw some people say, well, it's, it's nice because you get sort of this time off for the Green Bay to sort of relax, recuperate, figure out what's going wrong, what's not going wrong. They're a young team. Hopefully the injuries aren't going to be as significant because you do have, you know, young bones, young bodies, uh, and maybe you won't be as beat up um, at later in the year. But it's, man, you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot of that Green Bay team to just say, all right, after October 15th, everything, you're playing the game every week. And that's going to wear on some of those younger guys who haven't exactly played a full, you know, 17-week schedule. And there there aren't a lot of them, right? Uh, I mean, I think Quay Walker played all 17 last year. Uh, Watson did not. Dobbs did not. Jordan Love hasn't, uh, right? So how are they going? And then the tight ends, like, I do worry about that a little bit. And that's where I think a later buy could have helped this team. I do get it from the sense of it lets everybody take a deep breath, see where the Packers are. You hope they're anywhere from four and one to three and two. I think two and three would be a little bit of a bummer. Um, I don't think it's the hardest start with two NFC South teams, a Detroit team that I'm not that high. Like none of these teams I'm that high on. And and so that's why I'm like, if it's two and three, I'm a little bummed out. Obviously, it's one and four. We're starting to talk Caleb Williams time. We're at least having the discussion. After the bye, they head to Denver. Uh, and I have that as a four. I'm fascinated by Denver this year, too, uh, with Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. Uh, the chess match that will go on between Sean Payton and Joe Barry. Uh, Sean Payton likely will eat his lunch. Uh, Denver, Green Bay have always had some classics. Uh, the Greg Jennings play, uh, Aaron Rodgers lighting up the Tebow-led Broncos in Lambeau. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers getting lit up by an awesome Denver defense, I think won the Super Bowl that year. They got there. I can't remember if that was a snow. Take that back. It was the the first year when they lost the Seahawks, but Denver's defense ate Rodgers live. Hacker were 6-0. Denver was 6-0. There was all this hype around this game. And Rodgers was ordinary. And basically, they unlocked whatever they did in that game was this blueprint the rest of the way. The Packers were awful. That was probably the year you should have fired McCarthy. The Packers got hot. They ended up getting to the NFC Championship game that year. But that was a that was the to me, you look at that one, and that was kind of that almost Mike Budenholzer like inflection point for the Packers because 2014 happens you you then have the next year and everybody's kind of in this malaise from it and we don't need to rehash that all but there are so many moments where Mike McCarthy probably should have lost his job and that's in fact that guy stuck with it till 2018 is incredible he was like a cat he had multiple lives we got off track uh with that Denver game I, I I think it will be it's it's a that's a tough one uh, I think that's one of, to me, that's the tough, the first real game on the schedule where I'm like, that's, I wouldn't go as far to say schedule loss. I think that's 
you know, who knows what this Denver team is going to look like this year. But I do think it's it's a challenge. That's a really tough place to play. Altitude affects these guys a little bit differently. It's not early in the year, which Denver usually has a really big advantage in that first first few weeks of the season. But I, I think it will be that will be a challenge for Green Bay. So we'll we'll see what happens. There will be a lot of Packer fans though. Uh, Denver area obviously has a ton of transplants. They were all called Colorado. Uh, so you'll have a lot of Packer fans in the building for that one. Packers head back home for the first time in basically a month. They will go a month without playing a home game, which is wild. Uh, and playing the Minnesota Vikings, uh, that's a five. I mean, Packers-Vikings always you know, rivalry nude. Uh, Vikings are in a weird spot with the last year of Kirk Cousins. What does that look like? Will their offense be more talented now with Jordan Jefferson or Justin Jefferson and Jordan Jefferson? And Jordan Addison, I was getting there. Uh, and or and what does that defense look like? I think that defense has a lot of question marks, uh, and we'll see see what they're out there. But they do have Brian Flores now running that, which is a massive upgrade from uh, Ed Domtel, and that could be a real angry uh, angry sounding board for the Packers if the Vikings defense comes to play in that one. But yeah, that'd be Jordan Love's first look with the Vikings, definitely on there. Next game is also at home against the Los Angeles Rams. That is a three-kegger. The Rams, man, they go from winning the Super Bowl to being in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Uh, The Rams are not projected to be very good this year. It was kind of jarring to see how many games for the Rams are like 305 games against the San Francisco 49ers, against even the Seahawks. Like You would expect the Rams would have some primetime games. They do not. They are kind of shoot away they i think they play the Bengals on a monday night i think in week three but there is not a lot of love for this rams team they do not expect them to be very good a lot of questions about sean McVay and if he'll stay i I do wonder if it's because he sees the quarterback class upcoming he knows this is probably stafford's last ride Uh, maybe stafford retires before the season uh but yeah this should be a victory for the Green Bay Packers. This is one you can't fuck around and you have to win this one. But it's one that if you miss it, I don't think anyone's going to fault you for it. At the Pittsburgh Steelers the next week, I actually I have this four. Uh, the Steelers, I think, actually are going to be pretty good. Uh, Kenny Pickett and that offense, George Pickens. There'll be a lot of George Pickens versus Christian Watson stuff. Uh, you know, will the Steelers' defense, you know, kind of keep what they were doing, the TJ Watt, Kevin King stuff. You'll get a lot of that um, that week. And it's two obviously big time, big time franchises. I'm shocked that that game is not in primetime. I, I felt like Steelers and Packers had enough juice to be the primetime game for that week. And I'm just so surprised they didn't have that. Like I felt like that was a check the box, absolutely, Packer Steelers, you know, with I felt like it would be like a Monday night game. Like I felt like that was exactly what they have for Monday night. But okay, so that week you have New York, New York and Dallas as your uh, at late afternoon game. Okay, makes sense. You have the Jets and the Raiders on NBC. Rogers Adams, but again, I, like I said, I don't understand the Vegas love. I don't know why Vegas got a bunch of primetime games. Denver and and Buffalo as your Monday night game. So probably all, I would say from a attention standpoint, it makes sense. And they have to get some big games with the Chiefs on a bye, with the Dolphins on a bye, with the Eagles on a bye. So you're gonna, you have to find your find your slots. But I I was surprised that that did not 
did not find its way to prime time. Okay, I got to keep moving on this because we are we are already uh, at about 25 minutes here. Uh, let's keep it rolling with the Los Angeles Chargers. Definitely a five keg. Uh, Justin Herbert versus Jordan Love. I think that's great. Uh, you know, young quarterback battle. Chargers expect to be pretty good this year. I think there's a lot of pressure on that Chargers team uh, to be good. And can they kind of live up to that? And can they finally sort of get over the hurdle? I think there's also a, you know, potential look ahead with the Lions on Thanksgiving. And so I, I think it's great for the Packers to sort of have this game as a as one to focus. I'd worry a lot about this if this was the Rams, but it's not. It's a team, you know, the Packers, you know, it's going to be a challenge. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but I would I would assume if things are what we expect to be this year, the Chargers will be favored in, in Lambeau for that game. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see the outcome there. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that game. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, definitely one to, you know, be in the couch, watch it. And then you have Thanksgiving, Packers-Lions. I predicted this one. I got, I got that one, which is great. And... I, I, it's, it's a four. And the only reason it's a four is because it's Thanksgiving. If this was, you know, Sunday afternoon, if this was a Monday night, I would be like, yeah, five Packers Lions are the definite division game to watch. But I think Thanksgiving makes it tough to navigate, especially that early game. I think that late later games are much easier for Thanksgiving because you've already done, you know, you made it on Thanksgiving lunch. You've already been mingling with family. You're not going to look like the weirdo for watching the Packers for the, you know, really the entire, you know, sort of stretch that people are around. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting at my wife's uh, parents' house because their TV room does not hold a ton of people. Like, I think you're going to have to you shed some people to the basement. We'll have to figure that out. Um, I will be directly planning, planning all of that. But yeah. Our Turkey Bowl in question, although, I mean, we had a, we had injuries at Turkey Bowl. I was telling the boys last year, I was like, I'm not sure. I was called a pussy. And, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe 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 that doesn't interfere. Uh, maybe we take a year off. Uh, we pause, if you will. I, but I don't think any of them want to slow down. Packers Chiefs the next week, December 3rd. Uh, definitely a five. I, there's going to be a ton of Chiefs fans that game. I think it's a Milwaukee game, uh, which... It's a bummer because you'll get you're gonna get more Chiefs fans than than you bargained for, uh, but I I do think it's a a game to watch and it's going to be one to tune in on and the it's a huge measuring stick game for this young Packers team and I love that we're getting the Chiefs later in the year I think that helps uh, if they had got the Chiefs in week four week five I think the Packers would have been overwhelmed by it they'll kind of know who they are as a football team you know by that point. Uh, and if they were to win that one, and let's say they were they were seven and ten, or they were six and eleven, but they were able to beat the Chiefs, um, I think that's a massive accomplishment for Jordan Love in year one. Um, assuming the Chiefs are going to be what we expect them to be. Next is a Monday nighter against the New York Giants. Uh, I you know I have this as a four. I just don't know what the Giants are this year. The Giants are are the Giants going to? Be the team we saw last year. Uh, Jordan Love against Wick Martindale's defense will be quite a challenge for the young quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, against the Packers. I, you know, he, running quarterbacks have given the Packers some fits in the past. Brian Dable versus Joe Barry feels like quite the mismatch. Uh, Packers never really seem to play well in New York. I think that's also a, 
I wouldn't say it's a pseudo trap game, but it's it's one that you, you worry about a little bit because you play the Chiefs. It's you know you, there's going to be a ton of hype there if you're able to beat the Chiefs, and then you go to New York. It sets up for a letdown of massive proportions and. I do like to get an extra day there. Um, the Packers actually get a lot of breaks during their schedule, right? Like when they play the Lions on Thursday, then them play on Monday against the Raiders, and then they have a bye. And when they play Thursday against the Lions, they play Sunday night against the Chiefs, and then they play Monday against the Giants. So it's a little spaced out. The season might be decided in those four games, though, with the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs, and the Giants. That's one where you could easily see 1-3, could see 0-4. I think it, the Chargers has a little more importance when you kind of take that step back. Uh, but yeah, I, that Giants one, I don't, I don't like. that. Out of the games like that, I just kind of turn my nose or get I get a bad feeling about uh, immediately the at Denver, at New York. Um, I mean, Kansas City, you're like, why wouldn't you feel that way about Kansas City? I, I think it's just just from the fact that I know it's it's a I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say it's a scheduled loss at this point. Like let's wait and see. Um, but yeah, I uh, I definitely definitely feel a little bit better about that one. They go home and play Tampa Bay. Uh, that's a three. I think the Buccaneers are going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I think it's great that they have the Buccaneers this late in the year uh, because I, I I do think Tampa is not going to be the team that that we. I would say that anyone expects it to be, but I, I think Tampa is going to be a bottom five team. So I think that's going to help Green Bay because they're going to be taking. And Green Bay just needs to take care of business after that really tough stretch. You know, that could be a great bounce back game for the rest of the year. Uh, Carolina on Christmas Eve, you run into some of the same problems we talked about on Thanksgiving. I have it as a four. I think the Panthers could be spunky this year. It uh, wouldn't surprise me if Carolina's in the playoff mix. They were last season. You could make the case Carolina's the best team in that NFC South. Uh, but the quarterback question is is the big one. The coach coaching question is a big one. They do have the defense. Uh, you know, who knows? If the Packers are rolling, the Panthers are rolling, I think they have a big game that afternoon. I think it's might be the Dolphins and Eagles that that Sunday that Christmas Eve you know 325 but I would imagine that there is you know there'll be a good amount there could be a flex scenario is what I'm trying to say oh it's Dallas it's Dallas and the Dolphins no they will not flex I was like oh there might be a flex opportunity no there there will not uh, it seems like I think that schedule is going to be locked in it's a wild schedule uh, that Christmas week is so nuts like I, I have not seen an NFL week like that. They play on Thursday night. Then they play two games on Saturday. They're on fucking Peacock. We're going to have to all get Peacock to watch sports, which is dumb in its own right. And then uh, December 24th, they have a, a small slate of games. And then Monday, they blow it out with three more games. Uh, Packers, not on Christmas. Uh, so that's there. And it seems like the NFL kind of avoided uh you know being a thorn in the nba side like they stack so many like games where it's like oh they, they, these two nba teams could play las vegas kansas city nothing to worry about new york and philly the knicks usually play early on so it, it won't affect that i think it would actually be kind of cool if they did sixers knicks which they've done in the past but they do sixers knicks in the morning and then you do 
Giants, Eagles in the afternoon, and then Baltimore, San Francisco at night. So yeah, maybe the San Francisco, there's a there's a tinge there with the Warriors. And it's on ABC. So ABC has been covering the NBA at night. They will not be covering the NBA uh, at 7.30. I didn't realize that until I just put two and two together, talking about the Warriors in San Francisco. So basically the only one they're blocking are the Warriors. Uh, which is obviously an important one, but the NBA, the the NBA will figure it out. I think what they will probably do, if I if I know how this works, and this is the nerdy shit I, I love talking about. Like I could do a whole media podcast. I really could. I think they will stack two NBA games on ABC. Who knows what the lead in would be? If I was them, I would I would look at like a Giannis Curry matchup maybe. Um, maybe it's a finals rematch if it's Lakers Celtics. I, I think that if that ends up being the finals, I will bet your bottom ass at bottom ass. You bet your bottom dollar that that will be that will be the game. But anyways, I could nerd out on this all all the time. We should finish this segment because this is. I knew this was gonna go too long. I was like I was like ah oh, man. I, I love I love doing this. And I was thinking maybe just do one segment today, and I should have. Uh, Minnesota on Sunday night. It could be for the division. Yes, I will say it. Uh, it'll be curious to see if that one doesn't get flexed up. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity, right? Uh, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve night uh, doesn't really affect me. I haven't done a really big blowout for a while. I think it's a watchability of a four because I think you're going to be watching at a party. I think everybody's going to try to do a New Year's party this year because they're like, oh, Packers are on. Like it'll be a pack party and then it's a New Year's Eve party. And what I think the, I'm not, I don't want to be sexist here, but I think what the wives and the girlfriends might not understand about that is if the Packers lose to the Vikings and maybe lose out of the division or lose a chance at a playoff spot, everybody's going to be fucking depressed. <laughs> like, New Year's is rude. Like, we are all, like, that ends as shitty as it possibly can. If uh, they fall apart against Minnesota at Minnesota, uh, but that that could be moved. I I don't necessarily. I'd be curious to see if that one that one sticks. Um, just looking at it, they also stack that week, which is it's a unique week. That's the last game of the week. Uh, Packers Vikings. There's no Monday night game with the college football playoff the next day, and they do have the lead in of Cincinnati and Kansas City. I'm trying to see what could potentially upend that there is a miami baltimore game uh that's a nooner that i i could see them swapping out for potentially uh which would ruin a lot of plans there's a new england buffalo game too uh so who knows uh we'll see if the packers and vikings stick on sunday night and then lastly the bears um i i think it'll be a, a four or five depending on where the bears are um we'll go 4.5 I don't think the Bears are going to be in playoff contention, but maybe maybe they are, and maybe it's a fight for the playoffs. Maybe it's you know the coronation of Jordan Love at home, Lambeau. Uh, the Packers finished the year at Lambeau, which they haven't done a lot of, uh, so that's cool. And, and being against the Bears is an interesting way to end it. Just going having Bears-Packers at the beginning and start of the season is pretty unique. Um, that's definitely something... We haven't seen much of. Um, I can't remember when they when they have done it that way. Um, so a lot will change from September to January. All right, that was a little too long. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed sort of my ramblings, my thought process through 
through all of it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm already excited. I'm, I can't wait for Packers Bears in September and get that thing ready to roll. For, for the other topics today, uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks coaching search updates, uh, it, it seems like a lot of guys are interviewing. We talked on the podcast yesterday about Kenny Atkinson, Charles Lee, uh, James Boriego um, have all been mentioned were the first can- first group of candidates. Then Scott Brooks uh, is interviewing for the job as well as Adrian Griffin from the Toronto Raptors. So they've already had five candidates interview, it seems like. Uh, it seems like John Horst is gathering a lot of intel. None of the big name guys yet. Um, I don't think that's anything to worry about. I think that is perfectly normal. I talked about it on the podcast yesterday, but if you didn't listen yet, uh, basically what sometimes you see in interview process is you don't necessarily want to interview the guys up front that you think are going to get the job. You, you kind of want to at least start, you want to get your questions, you want to really kind of dial in what exactly you're asking these people. And then when you're talking to the big guns, the Nick Nurses, the Frank Vogels of the world, like then you kind of know exactly exactly what to ask. And the Bucks, I think, are playing it right. I think there are a lot of talented guys that they're talking to. I, I like I, I like the idea of Kenny Atkinson. You guys, we we talked about it yesterday. I Boriego, I, I kind of started to talk myself into it a little bit. Like we even on a pod yesterday, I, I feel like Boriego might have got a raw, a raw deal. I understand he is a pop guy too. I think that would be a tough thing to sell through, especially with the lack of success that he had in Charlotte. But I just think he's a good coach. And I it might be one of those situations where he's lying in the weeds and he ends up you know, being a guy that could really work out for Milwaukee. Uh, as for the other names mentioned, uh, Scott Brooks, I, I don't know. I don't understand that one at all. Um, Scott Brooks is... I think a pretty good players co- players coach. Uh, he he's definitely got a guy that listens, but I mean we've seen Scott Brooks in big games that has not worked out. Um, he has a lot of that bud disease too, and for as you know mild mannered as Scott Brooks is, I, I don't see that at all. Um, I I think that would be a mistake. But like I said, I don't think it's anything to freak out over. Adrian Griffin is supposed to be a great great dude. Uh, he, to me, would be an interesting, unique, sort of outside-the-box hire. Uh, you'd obviously worry about it being a first-year coach. Now, there have been first-year coaches that have taken teams to championships. That's not uncommon. But, you know, when it's nut-crunching time, is Adrian Griffin really going to be that guy? I mean, we're seeing it right now with Joe Missoula. Now, granted, he, did, he had some nice adjustments in Game 6 for Celtics. But we have seen, you know, these new coaches not necessarily always be ready to go. That's my only worry. I, I don't hate the idea. He's a former Buck. Uh, he His son's playing in the league, AJ. So I, I do think there is something there. Now, if you want to go conspiracy Chuck, I don't know how tight Nick Nurse and Adrian Griffin are. But you do wonder, like, is there a question that's asked in that interview? Hey, if we hire Nick Nurse, are you going to come along too? And I don't know what he would say. But I do wonder about that. I wonder if it's the prelude to Nick Nurse. I also wonder too, and that same thought, like are any of these guys getting interviewed for top assistant jobs, right? Is Charles Lee interviewing for his assistant job versus like an actual head coach? Same with Boriego, right? I, I would, Boriego offensively was really strong in Charlotte and would be a really good, good guy to get 
in, in terms of the coaching bench. But obviously, whoever you hire has to go along with that and be okay with that. I do wonder if some of these guys are getting sussed out. So we'll, we'll continue to hear rumors. I heard another one uh, from a guy who said J.J. Redick was at the Milwaukee airport. I saw Nate Marzan on Twitter had the same thing. Look, J.J. Redick, um, I'd have a lot of problems with. J.J. Redick knows his shit. He's a really smart guy. But J.J. Redick has been a perpetual Giannis hater uh, in the last few years. I don't know how you could sell that to the fan base. J.J. Redick also has talked about how much he didn't like Milwaukee uh, when he was here, um, when he got traded here in that bizarre trade uh, that sent Tobias Harris to Orlando. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how, how you sell that through. I think every other coach you could probably sell. Like I said, I think Boriego you'd have trouble. I think Brooks you'd have trouble with. But I, I think you could sell Adrian Griffin. I think you could sell Charles Lee. I think you could sell Kenny Atkinson. J.J. Redick would be really hard. Steve Nash, if you're going to go that route, hire Steve Nash, right? Like, get that done. But it's very interesting that Redick could be involved and that people are seeing Redick as sort of the next Steve Nash. If they hire Redick, I'll, I'll just put it this way. If they hire Redick, it, it, we have a lot bigger, we have a lot of big problems. We, we have some problems. There are a lot of, also, like, J.J. Redick has a lot of negative quotes about Giannis. Like, there are negative quotes out there about Giannis Antetokounmpo. How's that going to work for his contract? Is Giannis just going to accept that? Does Giannis really want that for a head coach? I don't know. Um, maybe it's a head assistant role. Maybe J.J. Reddick's kind of going to grind, but I don't know. I, I, I'm sure J.J. Reddick's like make too much fucking money doing the podcast and doing ESPN to just be an assistant for a coach. I don't, I don't think that's probably happening. But anyways, I'm sure there's going to be more out there. It obviously seems like the Bucs are, are moving their wheels and probably want somebody in place sooner rather than later. We'll see if there's any rumors about Monty Williams. Uh, I think Monty Williams is going to get fired too. So that will that will make things interesting for for the Bucs if Monty Williams gets fired. Uh, the Suns had another embarrassing closeout loss. Um, I was on the Nuggets tonight. I really liked the Nuggets in that. I didn't think it would be like that. I just felt like the Nuggets... To me, are the best team in the West, and that to me is what champions do. And Jokic, Jokic showed that. Um, and I, I, I look at that situation for the Suns. It should be a new owner. Um, you know, does he clean house? I don't know if he fires James Jones, the GM, because I feel, feel like James Jones put together a pretty good roster. But do you get rid of Monty, and then is that a Nick Nurse spot? Is Nick, you know, and let's let's be honest here. And I tell you guys this all the time, and you never want to fucking listen to me because you you ignore this because you're like, no, 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 that doesn't matter. Living in Phoenix or living in Milwaukee in the winter, there's a difference there. Nick Nurse, you know, wants to live out in Phoenix. He's like, okay, I can still win a championship. Like, basically, here are the options. Either you have Giannis, who's not very temperamental, who is easy to work with, who respects his coach, Versus Phoenix, where you have Chris Paul, who's going to be a coach on the floor. We'll, we'll assume Chris Paul's still going to be there. Kevin Durant, who by all accounts really works well with coaches. You've never really had any coaching beef. I think with the Nash thing, they were just looking for a scapegoat. They were trying to blame anybody but themselves. I, I, so I guess you could say the Nash, I, but I wouldn't say Kevin Durant's a coach killer. I would not. I would not go to that length. And then you have who's it, Tim Booker. 
I was like, all of a sudden my brain turned off there. Uh, but Devin Booker, yeah, as the last guy. And so I, you have that or you have Giannis and whatever. If it's Drew, Chris, let's just say it's the same team. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, you know, some guys would go and do the Phoenix thing. But Phoenix is obviously trailing Milwaukee. And it kind of, it, it would turn up, kind of turn up the heat, no pun intended, uh, for the Bucks to get somebody. But yeah, I, I could definitely see Monty getting let go, um, and then I think getting hired right away. I think there there would be a market for Monty Williams out there, whether it be Toronto, uh, Toronto yeah, or or Detroit. I can't believe Cleveland's holding on to J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff's an awful coach. Like, he's bad. Like, they they could easily upgrade. It's kind of like Joe Barry. It's kind of like holding on to Joe Barry a little bit uh, there. But, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the Suns. Um, Sixers lose. I think Doc Rivers is fired. Then there will be some Doc to Milwaukee stuff. Again, I don't get that at all. I also, if Monty Williams was interviewed for the Bucks job, I, I don't want Monty either. I, I think Monty is a good team builder, um, but I haven't really I haven't really liked the way he can control the team. I also don't like his whining. He whines about fouls, man. I don't know. I just I, I'm not I'm not big on Monty uh, overall. All right, let's wrap up quickly. Um, this is already a longer podcast than I wanted it to be, so we'll <laughs> wrap up uh, quickly here with golden kegs for the Brewers. You guys know the deal. Uh, one Five kegs for the best, one keg for the worst. Uh, Brewers did not play very well in their series against the Dodgers, uh, which, as mentioned on yesterday's show, would not be a big deal if you had a lost series to the Rockies and the Giants. Uh, five kegs, Joey Weimer. Uh, I thought that was an awesome game for Joey Weimer on Monday. I wish he would have kept it up. Uh, I'm still going to give him that crown because he big three-run homer, then he added a double. Uh, you just hope those games are not few and far between for Weems. You hope that it's something that you're seeing, you know, maybe not every series, but every other series. And he's a little more consistent with the bat. And, yeah, it's he's been a fun ride. Uh, I, I still have a lot of Joey Weimer shock and – one day, you know, added to it. Four kegs to Willie Adamas. Willie had a big home run in that game as well. Three-run shot. He also was productive on Wednesday somewhat. Um, and I think he might have even got a hit on... No, I don't think he got a hit on Tuesday. But, you know, Willie keeps, you know, putting the pedal to the metal. Uh, he was in that slump and kind of got himself out of it in San Francisco and carried it over to the homestand, which you love. Three kegs to Tyrone Taylor. Uh, Tyrone Taylor struggled out the gates. It uh, was not a great start to his year, uh, but he really bounced back nicely. He had uh, multiple hits in the on the Monday game, and then I think he had a hit in each of the other games too. He had a stolen base. Um, that's just good to see. There was no real like run production or home runs, but I think that's going to come with time for Taylor. So I'm not, not exactly worried uh, that that wasn't available for him. Two kegs goes to Eric Lauer. Uh, you're like, why wasn't Eric Lauer last? I talked about how much I was out on Eric Lauer yesterday. Wade Miley was actually worse um, in his game. So the fairness of the kegs, Eric Lauer gets the two keg. Brewers are going to keep trotting him out there. Uh, I don't think they have any other choice. Um, it's just going to be you hold on for dear life. I, hopefully the Brewers are working with Lauer to figure out how can how can he not, not have the blow-up Dave Bush inning. Uh, because that's it's happening way too often for him. Uh, and then Wade Miley one kick. Uh, I, I'll be really curious in his next start, which is against St. Louis, which will not be easy. But is this is this Wade Miley or is the Wade Miley we saw for the first 
I think five games of the year, is that the Wade Miley that we should expect? So I do think there's a lot of question marks about that. But as I mentioned yesterday, you got to win this series against the Royals. You cannot, cannot lose this one. This is definitely one you have to have, kind of get everything rolling in the right direction. And we'll see if they will. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, and we will chat then uh, with Brewers Talk. I'm sure we'll talk a little Bucks, maybe a little Packers. We'll see what else, what else is what else is humming along? I uh, hope you guys all have a great Mother's Day. And we will talk to you on Monday. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.